The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. No my hockey mai kia the fold emihinei ko dangan grief talking wa sound the alarm this is an emergency monopod uh, news broke i'm going to say 90 minutes ago that the project uh, three's sort of flagship 7pm hybrid of current affairs and entertainment uh, is under cons- consultation we know what that means uh, that that means that there's a formal process to go through, but the the project will not be returning to three slate in 2024. Got to give credit where it's due. The story was broken by the media insider himself. Uh, Shane had a very solid piece of reporting about uh, based on an email sent out by Sarah Bristow, who is herself the outgoing head of news at News Hub, announcing the process. So Sarah Bristow, uh, outgoing head of news at News Hub, uh, sent an email around to staff. I'll just read a section of that because this sort of sets up uh, how the news landed for those involved. She wrote, The project has served News Hub and 3 incredibly well since its commission back in 2017. However, audience behaviour has changed dramatically since that time. This year we've discussed at length why we are transitioning our broadcast business to a digitally-led operating model, and the transformation of our newsroom is equally crucial as we move away from a model that is centred around linear broadcasting and programme deadlines to one that is more responsive to audience needs across the day. We've been reviewing all our areas of our business to reimagine what our on-air news offering would look like if we were to build it again from the ground up, the focus being to capture digital audiences and drive online engagement as we have successfully done with Paddy Gower has issues. There are no proposed format changes to other news hub shows. That's quite important to hear for those, you know, first and foremost, this is, uh, for, for us, this is a, a fascinating, probably quite a sad uh, media story, but for 24 people, this is their jobs and livelihoods. And um, I just want to give my, my thoughts and, and uh, go out to them because this is, uh, these are invariably very hard times. Um, but it is good to hear in a time when there is a lot going on. The fact that they definitely said there are no proposed formats changes to other news hub shows means that at least it is contained to the project. So uh, I've got a few points I want to hit at around this. The first is to say I don't think this is really about the project itself, or rather it is, but in a very sort of specific and, and defined way. And the way I can sort of prove that out in a way is the most recent ratings uh, I have to hand. These are for election week, so they're inflated to, uh, to some extent, but the 
there is a relationship rating which I think is, is worth paying attention to. So these are 25 to 54, that's the broadly speaking, the demographic targeted by three, and the they call that the commercially important demographic. There's a household shoppers, people who are earning money and spending money more so than demographics either side of that. So the 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 number, the average number of people watching News Hub at 6pm was 85,000. The project retained 70,000 of those. So the uh, whereas on TV and Z1s, the 6pm bulletin, the average rating was, uh, or the average number of people watching was 150,000 and 7 Sharp retained uh, 98,000 of those. So you see that basically as a, as a proportion, the project retained roughly 80% of what News Hub at 6pm was, was uh, drawing and uh, that number drops to... Uh, a little less, yeah, more like sixty-five percent, around two thirds for um, the for Seven Sharp uh, uh, in its relationship with the six PM TVNZ One bulletin. Why does that matter? I mean, this the whole point of Seven PM is to hold ratings and deliver them into that sort of seven thirty to nine thirty prime time block. You know, which is sort of contested programming. You know, the stuff that that changes month to month. So if you, you basically can see that the project, by holding a larger percentage of what, what News Hub at 6pm was able to draw, it was doing a better job of keeping people who were there for the news sticking around so that they might be fought over at, at 7.30pm. On that basis, it was succeeding more so than 7 Sharp was succeeding, even though 7 Sharp vastly outrates it, particularly in, in 5+. Plus. And and that's where where I think it's it's worth drilling in a little bit to what is what the seven pm current affairs show is for a network. Like I said, it, it's about holding audience, delivering audience. Yeah, you know, TV stations make the vast bulk of their income uh, between six pm uh, and ten 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 thirty pm, and so the. Yeah, that's why it was such a massive deal a few years ago, probably more than a few years ago now, old ass man, um, when three lost Home and Away because that was considered such a reliable lead into the 6pm news and the, the whole sort of machine started cranking up at that point. And that's why the, the chase and the fact that it's such a phenomenal rater delivering audiences into 6pm for TVNZ, which um, then flow out into... Uh, seven sharp and, and then the rest of the evening slate is so crucial to TVNZ. It's why Shortland Street could even conceivably start losing money, but because it draws audiences into TVNZ too, and then it then kind of helps uh, float the rest of the evening. And it's instructive to me that Shortland Street, which was this absolute powerhouse in the same uh, area as, you know, and, uh, you know they, they target the same demographic, broadly speaking, TVNZ two and three, and uh, for a long time, Shortland Street was just this absolute beast that couldn't be uh, beaten. Right now, they they more or less get the same ratings and and that demographic. I think that's that's sort of worth noting as a way of showing that the project has actually performed really really well. Um, but fu so fundamentally, what what is it about? It's about money. Like the the project is. A, an expensive show to make. It, it has 24 staff. That's, you know, that's probably incredibly lean for a typical uh, 7 p.m. show. Uh, you know, I know, for example, that the Daily Show, which was a 
late night show on a not particularly popular channel had over a hundred staff making, you know, functionally an identical show, like a half hour um, nightly current affairs ish show. So that's just how lean things run in New Zealand. But they might well be thinking, okay, if we reformat this a bit, we can we can make it with fewer people. But the biggest part of it is the project is a format that was developed in Australia, came out of Carl Rove's company, and the license fee to that is, you know, the rumours I've heard are that, that it's at least seven figures. It might well be considerably more than that. So if you look across the entirety of three's outgoing expenses that where and and every media company right now is suffering the ad market is super soft everyone will be looking at what's a a big chunk of revenue that we can save um what without necessarily overly impacting uh the the income we we make and you know i think that that license fee will have been is the one thing that has, has ultimately led to to this happening. It's just um, it, it's just too big to bear at the the sort of more modest scale of revenues that the the TV industry is moving into now. Um, and you know what will be really it will be really interesting to see what News Hub do with this slot. I think that reference that. Uh, Sarah Bristow makes in that email to, you know, being a digital first organization and thinking about content that works, you know, as well, or if not primarily well in digital formats and then can be repackaged for, for different formats. That's, that is the archetypal playbook of the digitally transformed media organization. It's something that, the you know some news organisations in New Zealand have executed better than others. Probably the and and that's on some level that's there are some formats which naturally suit it or or you can get gain revenue from more easily than others. I think probably the print news organisations uh, are furthest ahead. I think you know NZME most of all by by converting not just to making its news product digital available digitally first and then packaged up for its uh, print news product, but also uh, the fact that its revenues are now far less ab- uh, reliant on advertising than, um, than some of the other news organisations. In fact, I'd say probably all of the other scale news organisations uh, in the country, the ex- obvious exception of RNZ. Um, so three is looking, and the the fact that it's cited Paddy Gower has issues. That's as a person who, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, any any kind of video forward platform, is uh, you know his stuff pops. So they'll they'll be looking to create something that has a similar kind of um, electricity to it. Whether you know could it be built around uh, Paddy? Who knows? It might well be. Um, but the, I guess the main thing is that that, that is, seems very genuinely to be where, where that sort of shift, what, what the thinking is underlying it is, let's not come up with a, a new 7pm format, let's come up with a way of delivering and packaging news and entertainment for digital platforms that naturally also lends itself to being wrapped and packaged in a different way uh, for 
uh, for a 7 p.m. audience. And that's a, that's a devilishly tricky thing to pull off, um, but it is also on some level if you can create the financial case for that, then you're close to cracking it. That's that's really what you need to figure out as a as a modern media organization. I mean. Yeah, so look, there's a few different um, pieces to it. This also, you know, represents a kind of victory for TVNZ. You know, it, it, it moved to this format, this kind of more entertainment-driven 7pm show. Like 20 years ago, we had three current affairs shows playing live at 7pm. You had Close Up on TVNZ. You had Campbell Live on 3 you had uh, and you had homes on Prime, and that was a relatively brief period. But it showed you, a, just how heavily contested the area was, but b, that it was considered crucial uh, to to a channel to have like a serious grown up channel to have like a a show where the major newsmakers were interviewed, held to account in long form. Uh, interviews that you can't blink that that just doesn't exist anymore and that I genuinely think is a real um, it still feels to me like a real hole in our um, landscape uh, in terms of television I don't think that it's coming back whatever three come up with I can't imagine that, that it'll be that uh, you still get those interviews they just happen in in different places like in Tal and um, on on Q and A and News Hub Nation and so on, um, so there was a shift and it was you know the first to move were was TVNZ when it created Seven Sharp, um, which was a fairly naked jack of the the project's format. It's less so now; it's more developed into its own thing. Uh, three held the line first with Campbell Live that was shut down in this quite brutal and and ongoing kind of bloodletting way with the through the Save Campbell Live campaign and it got up to some quite staggering ratings by the end uh, then was replaced weirdly by Come Dine With Me RIP that was complete aside but that was an exceptional uh, New Zealand version of a reality show that because it went into the spot previously occupied by Save Campbell Live was really not not well received and then there, then there was a show called Story, which which almost represented a hybrid of the two sort of eras. It it, it was fronted by, I think Duncan Garner and and Heather Duplessis Allen. They did interviews. They were a bit sharper and pricklier and faster, but they were they were it was it was it still had some of that element, but it also had people out on location doing two or three minute zany packages where they were on a Segway or something. Um, that lasted maybe a year and a half and it just wasn't rating particularly well. There was still a lot of kind of residual resentment, I think, um, over the the way that Campbell Live fell away. And it wasn't until the project uh, came along that 3 really got its answer there. Um, another aside, super self-indulgent, but I actually auditioned for the project and it was such an interesting process. You know, the... the there were like 20 people. I was the only one who wasn't famous. Everyone else was really good at their jobs and I was like terrible. I, it was a particularly low time for me. I had like a major shoulder issue and these sort of facial sores that felt connected to them 
Um, so it really didn't look much like television or even radio at that point. Um, but they asked me, I was very grateful to be asked and, uh, and humored me for a couple of auditions. The role, and there were people like, I probably shouldn't say who else was involved because, you know, obviously they didn't get the part, but, you know, really big names. Um, and the role ultimately went to Jesse Mulligan, who has, who's still there now, done, done a fantastic job. But you could see the amount of care and energy and the kinds of people they were looking at. None of them, apart from me, would have come cheap. And, um, you know, like th that, that, again, sort of illustrates just how important this thing is. Now that that process begins again, um, I think the project's been a fantastic show. I just I do want to mahita all of them who made it. Like they have worked incredibly hard on it. They persevered. It was a bit sort of rickety, the hybrid uh, of news and entertainment. I think it's actually, if anything, dialed up the news um, or the the way or the pace of the connection to meaningful current affairs moments in recent years it's just got a lot more confident in its voice and uh th this is not on them like i say this is just a pure cost saving mechanism and the fact of having to do it that just tells you a lot about where the media is at right now you know if you're paying attention there are you know there's a pwc report that says that there are material concerns that that media works um, might not be able to meet its obligations. That's code for is in a pretty shaky financial position. Um, you know, like TVNZ has let go of one of its two drama commissioners. Like there's, there are signs everywhere that the big players in this business are doing it really tough. And this is the latest and in some ways the most visceral because it's a, a 7 p.m. product with all these stars on it. Um, but like I say, I just I think it's really important to understand that in the context of this is a financial decision. This is by no means about the performance of anyone on or off screen in that show who've who I think done an exemplary job and that the data bears that out. Um, something new will rise in its place. I have I really think that News Hub is a pretty incredible part of the um, three and Warner Brothers Discovery operation. It has a really distinctive voice and culture. Uh, it, it has a, you know, it's always had this underdog mentality. It knows exactly who it is and, and who its audience is and how it speaks to them. They will come back from this. They'll figure out a, a new product. But you cannot deny that the, um, the signs for the media more broadly are pretty, pretty bad right now. You've got an incoming government that's a lot less interested in media, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But, um, yeah, really sad day for those who work on the project and those who've enjoyed it. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully that's provided a bit of uh, context uh, from me. So that was another monopod on the fold. Kakite. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.